Welcome to another edition of the Team Turnbuckle podcast on the IB Sports podcast feed. With you this week, I am your host, Keith Fleming. Sadly, uh, without Ron L. Tinsley, who is being ravishing somewhere else, but with me as always, Sam, the shooter. How? Sam, what's going on, buddy? Just uh, got my first haircut in six months. Looking Uh, fresh, man. Yeah, I got a got the pompadour rocking. Um, <laughs> I am watching Michigan get dismantled, which is profoundly depressing. Yeah. Um, but it, it's you know I got to be honest with you. Uh, the one benefit to COVID is that instead of the game ruining Thanksgiving this year, I just had the existential dread of COVID ruining it. <laughs> well, I had a I had a tough day. My man Tiger Woods is officially out of the uh, Masters. I mean, he's he's still playing tomorrow, but he is. Not going to win as he's 11 shots back. Tied 20th, though, so, I mean, he hasn't had a dreadful showing, but uh, it's going to take a lot of the excitement out of it because I really did think after he shot that four under and was going to get to come out early this morning to finish his round, he might be able to, in his last 20, or his 27 holes a day, get in a contention, but it didn't happen. Uh, instead, we're probably going to get to see DJ, uh, probably rightfully so, get a Masters win. It'll be three wins and seven starts for him. He is ended the year on fire and got COVID in the middle of it. So go figure. Uh, but uh, like we said, Ron Ellis not with us this week, which is unfortunate, but it was not the best week of wrestling uh, across the four shows. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I thought that it was, um, I mean, I thought that, well, we'll get into what shows I thought that you can sort of see which shows have the most room for error. Um, Dynamite I thought was, you know, I thought the dynamite and SmackDown did a good job of moving stories along, even if they didn't do, you know, they were solid and spectacular. I think that that's part of the problem for AEW is that the expectations are so high. I, I think that's a fair point. The, the, did you, uh, well, actually we'll get into it in a sec. I apologize. Uh, let's start off, for those that don't know, we're going to do the wrestling superlatives of the week, the categories this week, as always, are wrestler on the rise, wrestler on the slide, face of the week, heel of the week, match of the week, promo of the week, the storyline you need to pay attention to, and what show won the week. Um, we're going to try to get together, uh, maybe for two podcasts next week, because we have Survivor Series coming up uh, in, I guess, what, eight days uh, along with our podcast next week, worst case, we will just put the two podcasts together, maybe make it a little longer. Another exciting news, because I'm sure you probably thought we forgot about it, but Sam sent me an outline for the Mega Powers Explode. So we will be doing a deep dive podcast on it, definitely over the holidays. I'm, I'm probably thinking maybe December will be good. We'll get some time for Christmas and stuff. So that will be coming soon. And we're, we're, honestly really excited about that where we're going to basically just go over some of the greatest storylines in wrestling history we decided the mega powers is going to be first i appreciate sam kind of putting the work together and on that outline and we will be getting it going um and then one other thing before we get started is just to remember to please follow the ibm sports podcast feed it's on itunes spotify and anchor uh just this week we had uh Myself and Joe's weekly daily fantasy football podcast preview in week 10. Um, me and Alan did the backdoor cover podcast where we previewed the Masters. Uh, and then RC and Joe Matz discussed the 2020 election, which was really good. I just listened to it this morning. So be sure to check that out. Also follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So the first category, Sam, is wrestler on the rise. I'm going to go with Jay Uso. Um it's just, it's almost insane to think how much he has closed shows in the last few months. Uh, because I was thinking about it. This is a guy that I think it was six weeks ago, maybe seven. He was hosting a karaoke night on SmackDown in one of the worst segments I can remember in a long time. Since then, in the return of Roman Reigns, he has mixed it up with Reigns. He's mixed it up with McIntyre. He's mixed it up. He's got wins over Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens. He's going to be on the WWE SmackDown Survivor Series 5-on-5 match. And I thought he had a really good match against McIntyre. 
it was also just really interesting when we had that great promo that we'll get into uh, when we get to promo of the week, I'm sure. Between McIntyre and Reigns, it was Jay who came down, you know, said, I'll handle this. And, of course, he was put in the main event versus McIntyre. And he had what looked like a legit chance to winning it. And you can almost argue in some ways Reigns cost him the match uh, with the distraction. But it was just another good match by Jay Uso. And he continues to prove that he might end up being a single star which, I mean, I got to be honest, I would have never thought that, say, six months ago. Hell, six weeks ago. The Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting to watch Jay sort of come about and grow. I don't know if WWE so top-heavy with stars for singles that I just don't know if they can take the attrition of losing the Usos. Um I'm, I'm, he's, you know, he does a great job every week. I'm sort of interested to see, I kind of almost want them to do that heel turn. You know, I'm kind of waiting for a real heel turn from him because I'm expecting that we're going to get the family with when Jimmy comes back. Um, I actually could see a Jay Uso heel turn um, just, you know, to when Jimmy comes back to solidify, like, no, I'm actually here. Like, I'm actually with Roman. Um, my wrestler on the rise, though. So you're uh, saying, like, actually with him, and not just, you know, as just he like said, forced. I get it, you know, yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm my wrestler on the rise is a guy who I was so glad to see back, and I can't believe, you know, you you get into patterns. Well, I'll get into why I'm so glad. Pac, um, I I was thrilled to death to have him back. Uh, I never, you know, we, it's been what, eight months since COVID started that he's back since at least and, April. Yeah. And, and so it's one of those where like, who boy, I, I just didn't realize how much I missed him and how glad I am to have him back and how and he had like, that great match with orange Cassidy, right? Wasn't that the last pay-per-view before he kind of disappeared? He had the, the match that, in a lot of ways, it was Cassidy that stole the show, even in a loss, just because we were shocked he could, you know, have that kind of match with somebody as serious Pac. But I think that was the last match, like big match that he had before he went away. Yeah, I think it's Pac, actually. I Is think it I'm Pac? Pac? Yeah, I believe so. Pac, Pac. I, I always <laughs> want to do Pac because of Tupac. Yeah. But I think it's Pac. I'm country, so everything's got that little twang to it. So <laughs> I'll try to say Pac. He's one of those, like, I – he there are some guys who i think are just meant for aew you know they're they're never going to be able to do like he was always going to be a cruiserweight and he is a guy who the idea of like getting him and kenny omega boy (laughs) um like there are he's just such a he's like a superman to me like low-key one of those guys that i just think is so good and i'm i'm excited to get the death triangle and maybe a six-man tag between them and the elite uh who knows maybe we'll even get a face turn out of him with you know because i feel like they're very heavy on heels and could really use you know but yeah i love i love love pack and i think that he is he's so good and i was just so glad to see him back um that's really they do him a disservice by the you know shifting the landscape of wrestling tag that was all over social media that was put out by tony khan and then i saw a lot of people obviously disappointed not i don't think so much in him returning but just the fact that that was the words that they used was it was going to be yeah like tony khan put out before the show uh i think it was the morning of or maybe it was the night before that there was going to be a you know i don't know if they said it was a return or an appearance by somebody that was going to shift the paradox of you know, shift the balance of power and wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm here. I'm of two minds about that. One, I think it is a great, you know, I think it's great compliment to pot pack and really talks about how much AEW values him, which, Hey, great. Um, the one problem that I have with it is that you're gonna, you, you know, everyone made fun of Tony, Shivani for a long time mm-hmm. and for being this is the greatest night in the history of our sport 
And I think that's a problem that you have with those return kind of things. I also, I get why you do it, but I think that if you want to show that you're different than the WWE, and that's one thing that AEW has done a really good job of, is that where they're not better than WWE, they focused on being different. You know, I really like that they've done shows, for example, at, on boats at, you know, that kind of thing. Like they've taken some of the things from WCW and gone, hey, we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, one thing that I would like to, I would have loved for Pox, Pax return to be a complete surprise. And I was kind of bummed out about that. Um, I think that you are inevitably, unless you are bringing in somebody like The Rock, uh, John Punk. Cena, um, you know, if CM Punk were to come back, even that I think would be a stretch. But Daniel, if Brian Danielson were to show up as the American Dragon, that to me would be somebody who would move the needle. But even then, saying that you're going to change the balance of power, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I, you and I talked about that a little bit in text. I think Ronell was involved. And some of the problem was, was that so much of what people thought it was going to be was like, I heard rumors of a working relationship with TNA and NWA. Mm-hmm. It's like, we've been huge. Like that would have been, and, and honestly would have been hugely beneficial to them because they would have been able to like really beef up their women's division. Like that's the biggest benefit. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, when it, I, I think that they did more of a disservice, like I appreciate it. Cause I'm glad to see that Tony Khan really values his people, but I thought it was a disservice because like, that's a big ask right. to say like, we're going to change the balance. <laughs> You know, it, it definitely recalibrates what you expect from Tony Khan in those kinds of announcements. Right. So one other thing before we move on to there to the rest on the slide, one of the people rumored was Ryback. That is apparently still out there. It is still, he is teasing it on his Twitter. Do you think Ryback and AEW would be a good fit? Uh, yes, only because I want to think about that for a second. I, they have a dearth of hosses. Um, you know, Jake Hager... I mean, I guess you can count him, but you have Wardlow. Uh, Brian Cage. Brian Cage is a good one. But like Ryback as a heater for somebody, excuse me, would be great, honestly. You know, don't don't put it – I mean, even if you wanted to turn – you know, if you wanted to turn somebody heel and have him as the person who is just like the, the enforcer, the heater, I'm fine with it. But – I think, excuse me, he's not somebody that you're going to throw into the title scene. Right. He'd have a kind of a similar impact that like Brian Cage honestly has since he's brought up and he got a little bit more name recognition in fairness. I think it would get a little bit more buzz just because of what he was uh, when he left WWE. And I think a lot of people have forgotten that he was really over. I mean, there was a, a, a period where I went to a live Raw and I mean, those feed me more chance. It was it was kind of shocking in, in person to hear how many people were chanting that. Um, the only qu- question I have about that is, could he come in as Ryback? That's uh, so apparently he's still, I guess, in litigation, sort of like what Cody Rhodes was about trying to get his name back. Uh, so I, I don't know, but I think he would need it uh, to sort of have the same exact impact. The wrestler on the slide, because I want to get right into this. For me, it is the North American title slash Johnny Gargano. Um, I I was not even aware, and just for anyone who has not heard, and I'm sure you have because it was shocking news, he was upset by Leon Ruff um, with the assistance of Damian Priest, the distraction, I didn't, I was not aware Johnny Gargano had never had a successful title defense. And that really disappoints me because I, you know, I don't know Johnny Gargano personally, but he seems to be such a team player and, and such a Mr. NXT. And it's, it's the exact same way I felt about Sasha, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, finally getting her first title defense against Bailey. The other thing that frustrates me. And this is no offense to Leon Ruff, and maybe, you know, I don't know enough about this guy. Maybe he'll end up being great, but you're starting to see 
a digression or a decline in the quality of your champions for the North American title. And I believe it was you that made this point, or maybe it was Ron L that when Keith Lee, you know, won both belts and then basically relinquished the North American and in some ways demeaned the title as a whole, because up until that point, I mean, you could argue not just a secondary title, it was like the one a title on NXT. And I worry now with, you know, Damian Priest getting the victory, then quickly Johnny Gargano won in it, then Gargano doesn't even get, you know, a title defense and Leon Ruff wins it. I just, I have no idea what they're doing with this. And I think we mentioned this on the phone the other night that this is the most lost I can remember NXT's booking in general uh, since I've started watching it. And in fairness to them, they've had a lot of injuries. I know they've had a lot of stuff that has came up and sort of, you know, derailed whatever their plans were, but it's just really disappointing to honestly, it felt like this booking decision was just to get a, you know, like a cheap pop, basically. It's like saying, you know, Toledo, when you're in Toledo, Ohio, like McFoley does, you know, in his promos, that they were just trying to kind of garner some attention coming off a big pay-per-view for AEW. And I really do feel like that's kind of what they did it, because otherwise I don't understand the, the point of it. I fucking hated everything about this. And I almost picked this as mine. Um, I'm, I did. I, I, and, but I also want to give a special mention to another uh, aspect of it. I hate so much of this. I'm sorry, I have the hiccups. Um, I hated so much of this. I hated that they were like, yeah. So let me, let me actually start because we try to be positive on here. The one thing I didn't hate about this is how many times do you have something mentioned like Johnny Gargano's never defended a title and then he defends it and he wins. Great. Is that you need that sometimes for, it's the same reason why I like the end of Helena's cell, not having an attack because it's fine. You always have those attacks. You need to set up. <gasps> um, other than that, I hated everything about it. I hated, um, I hate the distraction um, that, that is you were we we did talk about this it is as lost as they've ever seemed um i hated the um i hated the fact that I mean, it's it, not very face like from damian priest right it's supposed to be a face to distract yeah i mean w- listen you're a professional wrestler like if you think about if you're a professional basketball player like they don't get distracted when music plays like you're not going to get distracted like do you think lakers players get distracted? acted when like fucking jack nicholson showed up no <laughs> you're professional and it it what i hate about it is a nxt at its peak and it's not been at its peak for a few years it's fine i'm used to that with things like ecw ring of honor it's not the end of the world the it it oh no not been its peak for like since the weekly thing so about a year year and a half the it was always this sort of weird amalgamation of like and, and everyone made books about triple h booking it and this feels like a vince move and i get it i, I you know I, I just imagine rsc rolling his eyes and doing the jerk off motion um i mean he wouldn't he'd call that saltine humor but but i see rsc like rolling his eyes but that's such a fuck finish i does nothing it hurts everyone involved hurts leon ruff because leon ruff you know looks like a goober uh it hurts gargano who looks like a goof it hurts priest because like so leon ruff can beat him with this distraction but you couldn't it it hurts everybody um i don't mind you know i don't know what the the, so it makes leon who's the champion a secondary participant in a feud between uh Gargano, Gargano and, Priest. and Priest. Yeah, it's 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 everything about this I find loathsome. It is the very worst of WWE main roster booking over the past de- decade to 15 years that I just find so intolerable and why so many people have stopped watching wrestling. Uh I I hate to be this negative about something. Uh, you know, I had just it was very funny. I just had an argument with a friend of mine who's an AEW mark. Hi, Greg. Um, hopefully you're listening. Uh 
and was criticizing, you know, after we criticized the booking for AEW to see something that was just so god awful. I mean, literally that night I watched this and, and it was just so it, it's it devalues the belt, it hurts Gargano, it hurts Priest, it hurts Rough. I mean, it's just I don't get it. Um, I did want to give a special shout out to before I, I pile back on NXT to my boy Tucker, who uh, they broke up Otis and Tucker, who were a successful tag team. Uh, they had Tucker turn heel on Otis, and now Tucker is in what is essentially the the we have nothing for you field, which is the twenty four seven title, <laughs> and it's just like. You, you know, it, it is, it's again, you know, when I talk about the main roster, you know, this sort of ties in, like, why have Tucker turn heel if your only plan for him is to be in the 24-7 division? What are you thinking? Like, why, Why? especially when you don't have a deep tag team division? Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, for a company thing that, you know. Yeah, the I, same I, week I, Otis picks up a win against Dolph Ziggler. It's 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 ultimate like 50-50 wishy-washy like I don't get what they're doing with either one of those guys. It, it's you know it's absolutely I get wanting the belt the briefcase off of Otis but like what you want to protect fucking Otis? <laughs> like he can lose y'all. It's okay. You know it, it's and I don't, you know, I, I will say the one good thing I want to bring out of this is that like our truth has been around for 20 years and is one of the funniest people in wrestling. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. He's the like, same age as Chris Jericho and look at their bodies. I mean, but uh, I wish Ron L was here to give me permission to say black don't crack. <laughs> um, the, but yeah, I mean, the I mean Jericho's in amazing shape for a fifty-year-old dude, by the way. And I, I get. The oh, I'm not knocking it. I'm actually just saying that's how great of shape our truth is. That I mean, I don't know of any fifty-year-old wrestler that has looked that good. And and he's for a guy, you know that that I think that there is value. You know, we always talk about you know so and so is being wasted, so and so is this, that, and the other, but like. R-Truth has a great role in WWE as a mid-card comedy act. And I don't mean that as a pejorative. He's entertaining. In a company that does comedy horribly, WWE's comedy is just garbage. He's great. He consistently makes me laugh. And so I tying this back, though, with NXT, yeah, NXT is as weak as it's ever been. And I... I don't, you know, some of that is injuries, but like, what are you doing? Like, we, it's all been so well regarded because it wasn't like other WWE stuff. And the answer is not make NXT worse. They, the reason why NXT has dropped off a little bit is that the main roster has gotten better. But yeah, I mean, even without the injuries, I just, it's I been know. some, it's been a rough few months especially with some of their booking decisions which is something they were always really good at i felt like like they they really made a lot of kind of like what aew tends to do now which is they made a lot of smart you know sometimes safe but they just didn't do a lot of bad booking decisions for characters and stuff and it's it's been uh i just don't get it the direction seems to have changed which is is, is strange uh did you have a wrestler, another wrestler on the side you wanted? Was it just you wanted to mention? Just wanted uh, to touch on Tucker. And, okay. And sort of, All right. Uh, who's your face of the week? My face of the week is Nikki Cross. Um, I really like that feud. I like that Nikki Cross is like, I think I've touched on this. The WWE does a really bad job of like, we touched on this with like, oh, that's not a face behavior. Mm-hmm. But they do a bad job with that with Damian Priest. But like Nikki Cross, who's been sort of a pure face, and everyone was, you know, they they, they kept talking about rightfully uh, questioning it. Yeah, and you know, allegedly with Alexis, like she's going to turn on you. It's like no, she's just they're friends. And I think that Nikki is one of the few white meat baby faces, and I I kind of appreciate she cares about her friend. Mm-hmm. You know, and and if you really want to go back, and they really want to touch on it, she can talk about with sanity which is that, you know, where she's like, I get what it's like to be in a group and to, you know, but it's not good for you and I care about you. And and there's something very sweet about that, that like, that, that and also there's the feud aspect of 
having like Nikki have to hurt, you know, there's the Shawn Michaels, I love you, I'm sorry aspect of it that I'm kind of excited about. So my face of the week, and I changed it actually just now because I've just the more I've thought about it. I was going to go with Darby Allen, who obviously had a really big week. I mean, he, he won the, the TV title. Uh, he made the save on Cody Rhodes when he was attacked by Cajun Starks, which, I mean, it made sense. There are a few, but still a very face thing. But I got to give it to Cody Rhodes. Uh, that promo was really good. And I know that we're going to talk about what happened after that because that was the more interesting or definitely the more talked about part of that. But can we just talk about somebody going out there congratulating somebody who had beat him, who honestly, for being completely, you know, in kayfabe, he lost that match because he got cocky and he he didn't take care of business when he could have. And because mm-hmm. of that, Darby got the win. It reminded me a lot, the Rock-Cena first match where Cena kind of toyed with the Rock for a second and it cost him in the first Mania match, which I, I, I will stand at the end of time. It was a great match. But anyway... Uh, I'm gonna. I, I'm just gonna be a dick because of that's I know. sort of what I. Because I'm a punk fan, and again, RC just sitting here like. <laughs> uh, but uh, I I think that Darby Allen is you know Darby Cody was a better match though probably not well, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. But for him to call out MJF, it was shocking. It really was. It was the last place that I thought he was going, and. I think it's great because I, I, you know, he had talked about how much the TV title meant to him. TNT title. The, the TNT, sorry. I always call it TV huh. title. He lost it to Darby. And I think that, you know, he's kind of tipping his cap to him and saying, you beat me. You know, I, I kind of, I don't want to say let you win, but he, you know, he was distracted and, and made a mistake I'm not going after right now. I'm going to go after the guy that really screwed me over. And and honestly, when it happened and they moved on so quickly, it was kind of shocking. You know, like it was like, wow, this feud was like really hot and we're not going back to it. And uh, I just thought it was great booking. And this is the stuff that AEW does a good job of. We talk about all the time that it's, it's great to, you know, have history and remember it and bring it up. And it really does make sense for Cody to be like, you know, I haven't forgot about you. I know we've gone our separate ways. I know other things have happened, but you really screwed me over. Uh, and I'm coming back and I'm so excited for that feud. And I hope it, you know, obviously is going to involve the inner circle as well. Uh, yeah, you know, it's sort of interesting. I would hope that they would find a way out of the Cody can't challenge for the title anymore. Um, I, I've stated before that my, my dislike of that, that I wish that what they had done was, was that it was, he couldn't check just as long as Jericho was the champion, because that to me, we've seen that stipulation mm-hmm. before. Um, my ultimately, yeah, I think that Cody and Cody's another guy, like one of my favorite things about pro wrestling is when guys get a lot better and we, like just when guys get a lot better. I, I I think of guys like Mark Henry. Cody was a guy. I remember when he went, he right after he left uh, WWE, he went like, he was always good. He got his characters over, uh, but I always felt like he was a, a C plus guy in the ring. Like he, two, like his, you know, three-star match was great. Good job, Cody. And he has really managed to put a bow on that. You know, I remember he wrestled Okada when he first came to New Japan. I just remember you know, just whatever. This is not, I'm not impressed. Cody impresses me now. And I think that he's so good at so much in pro wrestling. Um, I just like Cody Rhodes a lot. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a great promo. I also love his music. Um, mm-hmm. Like low key, I think he and The Miz have some of the best themes in wrestling. Um, my... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that Cody's so, you know, good at what he does. And you can get and, into your hill of the week, too, whenever you're ready. Uh, the most interesting, you know, you and I talked a little bit about this. I'm not a huge fan of fantasy booking because I feel like it gets into sort of stereotypes about internet fans. But you and I had the same heel, I think. <laughs> I went with Pat McAfee. 
who was the, you know, his heel stable, you know, I, 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 it's easy to second guess to, but putting the title on Adam Cole, given that Finn broke his jaw seems to have made more, would have made more sense. I get why they didn't considering he had that monster title reign. Uh, But, you know, the feud between uh, and getting into what uh, NXT does so well, is and what they did do so well was that the the stable the um the uh pete dutton oni and birch and mcafee makes sense like they all got screwed over by the undisputed era and that feud i i'm just like we're gonna get to the fireworks factory and it's gonna be so dope and i hope it leads to war games right i I think we've said this a a few times It, it it would be probably the best war games they've had, right? Like even maybe better story-wise than what was the undisputed versus uh, uh, that was uh, Gargano and Ciampa, right? And storyline-wise, I might say yes. I'm pressed to say that it's going to be a better work rate. No, no, I'm not talking about match-wise. I'm just talking about like the story. Like, and I mean that's really what war games kind of started at back in the '80s. Was you know, it's just these guys. We can't settle this any other way. Yeah, and it, and that's part of why I think that yes, and, and it's I, that's why I'm excited is that these are guys who don't like each other who want to hurt each other, and they're going to do it inside. Of, by the way, one of my favorite things, it, Stephen Regal or Bill Bill Regal saying "War Games," <laughs> so I I'm super super excited for that. So the, the since you did that, there's two other things I just want to mention for Hill of the Week. Uh, the first is I love. Love, love, love the Randy Orton not taking the tag in uh, the McIntyre six-man tag match. I know that's something we see all the time, but I just, I do, I love it. Like McIntyre is basically begging him to come in. Randy, like, you know, stands up on the rope, like, okay, let's do this. And he's like, nah, I'm the champ. Give me my belt. I'm out of here. I never get sick of that move by basically any champion. I think it's great. Uh, the other thing, and I know we're going to get into this a little bit later with the storyline, but just the, the, the work of the inner circle. I, I told you about the picture that was sent out after they decided they were going to Vegas. And I mean, you could tell a storyline in that picture. You got MJF and Jericho just smiling like jackasses. They're so excited to go to Vegas. Uh, you got Ward Lowe and, uh, and uh, Hager, Hager just looking staring like- each other down, which by the way, they've posted several other pictures from Vegas and in every one of them, Ward Lowe, and Hager are just mean mugging each other, which I love. You know, Sammy's pouting. Uh, it's just, it's great. And this storyline is going to be really good. And uh, you made a point that I had not even thought about that this is probably going to be to get Sammy over as a baby face. And it could really work gangbusters. Like I had not thought about that, that, you know, whether it be with Jericho and Jericho, you know, splits away from it, whether it be Sammy is the first guy to kind of realize, you know, this isn't right or, you know, what, there's just a lot of ways to go. I'm very excited about it. And again, we'll talk about it more in the storyline, but it's great heel work. I mean, it just really is. It's, it's wonderful. It's good storytelling. The match of the week. And I got to say, this was the hardest week to pick one because there really wasn't that many great matches. Um, and that's a shame because most weeks, honestly, it's one of the hardest categories to pick. But For I did re- do what? For good reasons. Yeah, know, exactly. I, I did really enjoy, though, the Matt Seidel versus Brian Cage match. Um, I, I was kind of surprised that Matt Seidel, a.k.a. Evan Bourne, uh, has not been used more since, you know, he came back. He was obviously the surprise entrance Um that was in the ladder match, right? Yeah, in the ladder match for a shot at the world title. Since then, he's been used sparringly. I haven't really completely understood the, the you know, all the attention that was made and fuss about Brian Cage's arrival because he just, to me, his moxie match was okay. Uh, overall, I haven't been that impressed. This was the first time I really was like, okay, I get it. Like, this guy's really athletic. He's He's – he definitely can go in the ring. They're in the right direction with having Taz as a mouthpiece because it, I don't think he can really talk, but he can definitely go in the ring. And uh, I love, again, something that AEW does consistently, both on their weekly shows and in pay-per-views. They always start 
with a great match. It seems like every single week on Dynamite and every single pay-per-view, that was my match of the week. What was yours? Um, I really appreciated the tag title match on uh, on NXT. Um, I I have to say, though, the one that I'm going to go with as the match of the week, I'm going to change up on you because I was just reminded of it because I, I – the one thing that I said is that we're watching, you know, seven hours a week of wrestling. Um, I thought that the uh, Lucha Bros match, the mm-hmm. Ray Phoenix versus yeah. like those guys, I think that partially because they came up, they're just really good. Um, they're really, really good wrestling with each other. And it's always one that I enjoy. Uh, it's kind of like pizza. Um, they don't have bad matches with each other. They just don't. You think and it was kind of overshadowed maybe by Pac showing up? No, I thought that it, I thought that actually it was the perfect, you know, because they had that uh, triangle of death, I think it were death triangle. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to come back together. Um, I was glad that he came back. Like, it, it, it's funny that my memory is, is that, you know, the Pac's coming back sort of overshadowed. And it was, I think that it speaks to how good he is and how much I, the amount of affection that I have him, for him that he that i was like oh i forgot that it came in this great match so but yeah that was my match of the week um but it was sign of an uncharacteristically shallow uh you know shallow week for in-ring action so i I, you know i discussed unfortunately this was not the best week of you know wrestling in general but i gotta admit my promo of the week roman reigns you know starting off SmackDown, being the big dog, just being great. And I was generally shocked when Drew McIntyre's music hit, like in a good shock. I'm talking about like, wow, because, you know, we had discussed what Triple H had said not too long ago that he felt like this could be the Rock Austin, which we both thought, well, uh, slow down a little bit, Triple H. But uh, it did really get me excited. Uh, I got to give huge kudos to Reigns and Heyman for one of the burns of all time as Reigns goes, you know, I haven't really been watching Raw lately. And I don't know if you called it Paul Heyman off mic goes, you ain't missing much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, which I the timing was perfect. And you know, that was a dig because that was Heyman's show. So I mean, like all the way around, just great. And to see these two guys, Reigns, we, we talk about all the time how Reigns is the leaps and bounds in this character, so much better on the mic, his character, everything's just perfect. I mean, everything about this, this, this promo and segment was great because when Jay came down, I couldn't tell if he was upset at Jay, you know, for stepping in without asking him for his approval or if he was upset because Drew McIntyre had the nerve to come out there and basically try to interrupt the man. Uh, but either way, it, it's great. But McIntyre deserves a lot of credit because he has really improved on the mic as well. And I, I like it when they make him, you know, this very confident badass, which is what they've been going with basically since the Royal Rumble, since he eliminated Brock Lesnar. And I know this is promo of the week, but my real question from this is, are they going to swap it up again? Because it sure looks like they're laying the seeds for Reigns versus McIntyre Sunday, this would be three years in a row they've done this. As you remember, they made the gender switch last second with AJ Styles. They made the Daniel uh, Bryan switch last second with AJ Styles. Are they going to make the last second swap with Orton and McIntyre on Monday? Uh, Wouldn't shock me. Uh, I would also like to point out that those last second shot swaps have been amazing. Oh yeah, um, no, it worked out for the best, absolutely. The the I I actually it's funny on Time Hop I got the you know I put Daniel Bryan gets a watchable match out of Brock Lesnar, he's the best you know he's he's back as the best wrestler in the world. It was spoiler alert he did it was a great match. Um, and ironically, you know, people talk about who gives Lesnar the best match. Two of my favorite Lesnar matches are the CM Punk versus Lesnar at SummerSlam, which I absolutely loved. That's been now like six seven years ago. And the Brian obviously match at Survivor Series. Um, Daniel, like I, I, he's not on the show, and I'm still gonna find a way to praise. Uh, I was actually, <laughs> uh, I, I, the doctor that I worked for when I first moved to LA is Nikki Bella's OBGYN, 
And it blows my mind that a guy who I watched wrestle on videotape in the Murphy Rec Center is like famous enough to be on a reality show now. Like, it, it's kind of amazing to me. Um, I, I love reluctantly on a reality show. He, Daniel, yeah, Brian. There's one more reason that he's awesome. Yeah, Brian Anderson's like just an amazing human being. Um, the going back to switching up. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so interesting because we, you know, Raw, Heyman's not wrong, but the sort of the easiest storyline is have Edge come back and have Edge uh, cost Orton the title, have McIntyre wrestle and win the title, you have McIntyre wrestle at some Survivor Series, and then have uh, Miz cash in, and you do the storyline from there. That's great. I mean, that, it's, it's, that's, that's, I mean, that, again... I haven't thought of that, but that's what we talk about. That would be great. I mean, it would be predictable, like when you think about it, but it would, it would, I mean, think of all the storylines you get out of that. It, it's, I, yeah, I mean, it's the logical, you know, I don't know if I necessarily say predictable, but logical. And yeah, I mean, it, it almost feels like a cheat to pick Roman because Roman's just doing, I mean, easily the best work of his career. Some of the best work that I would say anybody in the WWE has been doing since, I mean, keep going yeah i mean i i was gonna go way back yeah i might say punk in 2011 um which again is high praise for me i just think that roman he's gotten this character he's doing you know it it is i think you gotta go even further back than that because i thought punks was amazing but i think a lot of punks was almost shooting to where we know this is reigns you know being a, a character I might go back to the Jericho. That's, uh, that's exactly that's exactly what I was going to say. And it's where you have this guy who, you know, Roman Reigns was. It's so funny that like it, it, it. And it's one thing that I will say about internet fans is that people love to give shit to people like us. But like, I didn't want Roman to not be in the main event. I wanted mm-hmm. Roman to be a heel. Like Roman, I wanted like this character is so in his wheelhouse. Like why would I see an impossibly handsome like third generation star who gets all these chances as a good guy? Like him as an entitled dick is great. And and that's not a commentary on Joe and Hawaii who by all accounts is also an amazing human being, but it just seems like he's playing the hell out of that character. And it, it just, the only, it, it is, she's doing such a good job that it actually makes me angry that we didn't get this retroactively because he's been like, Think Could you imagine it. this hill reigns versus face Cena like in 2016, 2017? It'd been awesome. Or heel reigns versus face Ambrose. Or and- Rollins, face Rollins. Rollins. I mean, to this day, and I, I'm sorry, I apologize who said it, but one of the guys, uh, you know, the big wrestling podcast guy said that, you know, looking back, it was such a mistake to make Rollins the one that turned on him when honestly it should have been Reigns. Like it, it would have made more sense. You could have still turned Rollins later on down the road. But I mean, that I think was in, they really did make a mistake with that, that trio. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I hate to do it because say that because like they did get Seth Rollins so over but I think that they did a bad job. Unfortunately, they hurt Seth Rollins. They hurt Roman Reigns because he didn't work as the top face that Vince wanted him at. I think it would have helped Ambrose get over too. Cause I think if Ambrose is, you know, if you'd have done everything the exact same way and Ambrose's first title win was over a Hill Reigns, I, I think it would have been bigger than over a Hill Rollins. And I think that people, the, the embracing the, the, I mean, Ultimately, though, like it's it's I I, I don't want to complain about the past because no, 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 I know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no, 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 I, I get it. It's just that it's I have a tendency to do it. But yeah, I think that he's he's just doing such a good job. And like hats off to him because he has the ability to have come, like he very easily just said, no, nah, I'm going to come back. You know, I'm not going to sacrifice the, the money. The report said he suggested it. And just wow. Yeah, I mean, it's also interesting that Vince let him do it because um, I think Cena had wanted to go heel and just didn't my promo of the week was brandy Rhodes coming out with by the way so i I hate to be like you know horny on the horny on main here like when jade cargill came out i looked like the like jim carrey in the mask where he (laughs) um you know where his eyes bug out 
Jay Cargill is just an amazingly gorgeous woman. What was the, uh, it was the SNL uh, skit, right? Swing? Oh, it was uh, yeah, Wayne's yeah, World. Like Wayne's World, Wayne's there World, yeah, where I was yeah. just like, and I didn't think that Jade Cargill's promo was that good. Like, it felt overly rehearsed. Uh, but Brandy Rose did not. Brandy Rose came out, and if you told me that, like, she was just legitimately pissed, like, that was a great, I thought it was just, you know, very clearly Brandy's obviously loves her husband and cut what I thought was a great promo, really impassioned. Uh, I had to laugh when she called Jay Cargill heifer. Um, but I, I thought it was a great promo and I, I loved it. it. It was, it left the deepest impact on me of wrestling this week, other than Pat coming back. I loved it. I, I will say, and again, I don't want to be the white guy, you know, making this, uh, you know, commentary, but I do seriously want to know. And like I mentioned, hopefully get talked to RC this week. I hope he watched it. I just fear that, you know, that was the first interaction between two black females on AEW and I just felt like it was very stereotypical of like, an angry black woman. And if Brandy Rhodes was more like that in her everyday life and what we had seen of her, I could maybe, you know, not have that nervousness or feeling watching it. And again, I'm a white dude, so I really don't have even a right to have this opinion. I just do kind of wonder if some people are going to think, you know, I don't know that it, it was a little inappropriate in that way. I thought, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. And again, yeah, there's the discomfort of us being two white dudes. My feeling about it was, was that there was some code switching and that Brandy was sort of going off on somebody who was going after her husband. Um, I, I, you know, I get it. And I think that it it's, but I also think Brandy has really, and Cody too, to his credit, I mean, hard to be married to somebody and not, you know, if you're a good husband, not have sensitivity to things, but he's talked about like things that he's learned from being married to Brandy and that Brandy has, you know, helped him understand. Um, but I thought that, I don't think that Brandy. And she had stuff. to have a lot of say in, you know, what she was saying and stuff, which I, I really hadn't thought about that either. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that she, and, and so I thought that there was, and I thought that it did a good job of getting a new talent over um are we really heading towards a Shaq versus Cody Rhodes thing though what is going on I thought that was what they were talking about with the balance of power changing um I I would hope that there's another wrestler named Shaq (laughs) I mean this isn't Shaq from the 90s that's in great shape this is you know pushing 50 Shaq that weighs 400 pounds I just uh, I'm a little worrisome about it because you know they they tried this with the Tyson thing that came and went in no time uh I just you know they're so good like I don't know why they're so dead set on trying to have these celebrities and stuff here's and actually I think it makes more sense for WWE for AEW than WWE is that if you get casual fans eyes on the product aw's product is so good and this is why celebrities only were the celebrity uh interaction is only as valuable as the product is good the view you know it's why mike tyson had such a great impact and why uh floyd mayweather didn't is that the wwe in 1997 1998 was so much better than the wwe in 2008 and to have, so to have Shaq, you know, who knows? Maybe you get people to watch. I guess you're Maybe. right. I mean, hell, think back to like the the MTV and rock and roll, you know, stuff that WWF did in the very beginning, which mm-hmm. I always forget that Sidney Lauper and people like that played a huge role in kind of getting it more mainstream. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that, you know, maybe that gets them on Sports Center. Maybe that gets them these eyeballs. So, yeah, maybe Shaq isn't the guy to do it, but if you're going to, you know, I don't know if they're going over a million viewers and if you get, they're people, not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you get, you know, 200,000, 300,000 more viewers, you've, you know, you're really upping your audience. 
and they are so good at what they're doing that having something to get a mainstream audience to just take a look is good. So I get it. I don't love it, but I get it. Okay. So the storyline you need to pay attention to, and I wanted to have this discussion. I didn't know if we would be able to otherwise, because it's not really a WWE storyline per, per se, or a wrestling storyline, I should say, but Selena Vega was let go uh, two days ago. <sighs> Who knows, was it the chicken or the egg? But she, she sent out a tweet or a social media post I believe it was 11 minutes before saying I support unionization. She's been really against some of the stuff they're doing to the, you know, the Twitch and live stream uh, services. I think what, what is the uh, cameo where WWE is wanting a cut of, you know, that stuff. Fucking ridiculous to me. And it, it's, it's sad. And in a lot of ways, uh, in full discretion, my father's president of a union. So I'm, I'm very pro union, but I hope this is the beginning of seeing more wrestlers taking a stand like this, because I, I think Selena kind of forced herself getting fired from what I've read. Uh, there's also the rumor that Aleister Black had asked to go back down to NXT, which he was denied. Um, and I think a lot of these women, men and, and WWE are getting sick of this. I know Paige has made some comments. I mean, that they're trying to own them, which I, I get a lot of it when it comes to wrestling. I get it when it comes to, you know, having contracts to, you know, non-compete, but it is sad, you know, when they're like, we're not going to give you insurance. We're not going to give you, you know, you're, you're a straight contractor, but then if they want to go, you know, you make some money in a side hustle, they can't do anything. It's, it's outrageous. You can't have an independent contractor have a non-compete clause. It's, it's not a thing. Um, they do that. I mean, the did the you see Andrew Yang too saying I'm? Kind of, I hadn't forgot about you, Vince McMahon. I yeah. I I think that the wrestling business, some of the stuff. So yeah, let's get into this. I think the idea that Zelina Vega tweeted "I'm pro union" and was ten minutes later fired by a corporation shows how many people have not worked for a big corporation. <laughs> I don't think that helped. I think that this, but I, I think it's, I, that sounds to me, you know, like something that came from Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, who's never worked for a big corporation and has no clue what they're talking about. Um, I, besides that. Um, Did you think, the, she, and I, I believe this, she was giving her, her written papers. She sent out that tweet and then, you know, it officially became that she was let go 10 minutes later or whatever. She, uh, yeah, I have a feeling that she knew that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I maybe she only did it because, you know, maybe she knew she was out and did right. it. But I, I don't think that she was fired because she tweeted something. And no, absolutely that. not. No. Um, I, the cameo thing, uh, not the cameo, the Twitch thing. Yes, 100%. Um, I think that the way that pro wrestling at a high level treats its workers is criminal. Um, I think the fact that they don't, you know, that's one thing that I will get on. AEW for is that they were supposed to offer health insurance to them. They were going to be the woke pro wrestling group and they haven't done that. And they could. Um, it's the just fact of the matter is that they wanted to, they could, uh, especially during a pandemic. Uh, WWE it, it is, you know, historically been really gross about how they treat wrestlers. Uh, it, it's, it's an ugly business in that regard. I mean, you look uh, at it, what, what are they? They're actors and stuntmen, right? Both of them are in unions, like across the board in Hollywood. And There's no way that you can look at them and say that they shouldn't be unionized. Oh, they're athletes? Show me. Yeah, exactly. You know, There's a third, yep. You know, the UFC is trying to avoid unions because Dana White's a fucking scumbag too. Um, you know, is that Vince is a scumbag too. Uh, the, the, the Twitch thing... And that to me is just so micromanaging bullshit. It's petty. If you don't, if you want to have a conduct policy for it, you know, I get you right. that, that you're an employee, you're out there in a public forum representing us. Just like they do for their social media, right? Like that, I'm sure that they have to, you know, know if you say something, you know, inappropriate, you could, there could be consequences. I, I think that's what you're getting at, right? It'd be the same thing yeah, for, exactly. yeah. 
and you know represent the product you know your employer well it's perfectly fine but to say you can't do it or we want to cut of it like kiss my ass and especially during a pandemic like it's just it's ridiculous to me it's it's especially when guys have given their lives for this industry i mean we talked about luckily you know today it's less prevalent than it was but i mean sadly you look at the guys that are supposed to be like in their late 40s early 50s you know late 50s early 60s so many of them are dead because it's such a brutal lifestyle of you know always being on the road and you know uh, coping with pain through God knows what. Uh, and then to just, it just, it really does frustrate me. I mean, no, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. And that's why, you know, the, the, the guaranteed contracts are so important is that the like, guys would just go out like they, they couldn't, like, if you didn't work, you didn't make money. That's insane. And it's, it's not just good for, you know, the wrestlers. I'm sure that there are people you, well, they chose to do, you know, all sorts of stupid, reductive bullshit but it's also good for fans i mean the if you're somebody who who if they don't you don't work if you get hurt you don't get paid you're not going to wrestle you know ball out at house shows and stuff you're going to reserve it for the big time and and it's just yeah the zelina thing i'm glad you brought it up it it is the the twitch thing to me is just so like who it, it and it feels so vindictive and just cruel like pointlessly cruel and and i don't know i mean it's i own you to me that's what it is is just proving that i own your ass i mean and and how much money does vince need to make like they fired people at the start of the pandemic which like they're still firing people yeah well case in point you know and yeah it's i think that zelina you know so i thought zelina handled it her response with class like she's clearly upset but very talented too. I hope she ends up in AEW or, you know, TNA or where she is a very talented performer that unfortunately I think we barely got to see at least on the main program, what she could do in the ring. And she's arguably one of the best female talkers in the business. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, she would be a great pickup for anybody. And it's just, it, you know, it, it's, it's sad. And it's, I think that one thing that the WWE has done a really good job of during the pandemic is avoiding a lot of terrible press. Some of it with the COVID stuff early on, but, and fine, you know, those mass layoffs after mania, but it, it was not what it has been. You know, they weren't doing Saudi shows, that kind of thing. And, and this is just really, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, my my storyline of the week on a better note is Cody Rhodes and MJF um, and just the inner circle storyline in general. Uh, I think that you talked about the Vegas picture, but the, the you know, where Wardlow very clearly like looks like he's ready to mess up Hager and Hager is giving them this sort of like, you know, try it. I mean, they do better storytelling in that picture than the WWE has done on Raw with three hours. And it it's... It's just exciting. I'm interested to see, you know. Somebody made a point too, how many memes are going to come out of that photo. And it's almost like they took that photo knowing this is going to be memes because, you know, you got obviously Jericho and MJF so happy. So you could do that or just, you know, excited about something. You could pan out and, you know, do a great meme of, you know, the guys are happy, Sammy's sad. You got the two guys pissed off at each other. Like, it's just those guys are on another level. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it is. And, and the feud I'm excited about just because I'm hoping that it gets us the ability to get Cody back into the main event. And I'm interested to see what they do in terms of possibly, uh, you know, we've talked Cody turning heel is now our Sasha and Bailey breakup. Right. <laughs> in terms of the thing that we've talked about, that's going to happen eventually. But I, I have a hard time imagining that Cody's going to turn heel with in a feud with MJF. Um, but yeah, that was my that was my uh, you know storyline to watch for. And it really needs to like be said that this is not a title picture storyline, and it's you know arguably the most interesting thing in AEW. And this is something I've complained about in WWE for quite some time is something doesn't have to involve the belt to be interesting. And I hope that they learn some of this and it, it appears that they're, they're getting that 
with like the Fiend, who is a very interesting character in WWE. You don't have to always have him involved with the title. You just have to make things interesting. And uh, I, I just can't wait. I mean, I, I really do wonder if this is not going to be one of those deals that they are going to take their time with. And we could see six to nine months of a slow burn. And, you know, you could get so many things out of it. Like, you really could. I, I'm already excited about the Wardlow-Hager match, which, I mean, they're definitely teeing that up as we speak. As I said, it wasn't just that photo. They've tweeted out other photos, and every one of them, the one thing that's the same is those two dudes are just staring a hole through each other. Yeah. Uh, what show do you think won the week this, this week? Uh, Dynamite. I think Dynamite did a really good job with the return of Pack. I thought that the, you know, setting up the Cody MJF feud, I thought that even if it wasn't remarkable, it was reliable and it did a good job of advancing stories, which is what a show should do. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to still go with SmackDown. I just, um, I can't get enough of Roman Reigns. I mean, I mean, honestly, that's what it's about right now is, is, is it's, it's all about Reigns. Um, the beginning and the end of a two hour episode is, you know, him, him walking up to the, you know, top of the ramp, obviously angry uh, at the end of that show. I just thought it was great. Him opening the show, you know, just, I just, I can't get over it. I know that sounds like a mark, but I just feel like he's that important right now. And I, I thought Sasha's promo was good. I actually kind of like Carmelo attacking her, uh, and that being a potential feud, I enjoyed the McIntyre versus Uso match. So, and again, AW was not bad. SmackDown was not bad either. I just don't feel like they were as good as what they've been in recent weeks. But I mean, NXT and Raw, like, I mean, I don't know if they've won a week yet uh, no. since we've been doing this. It's either AEW or SmackDown each week. And that's, you know, kind of sad, especially for NXT because you know, NXT for a long time. And I keep saying that Raw, as long as it's three hours, it's going to be difficult for them to, you know, hell, they're having a hard time putting together a cohesive, good, you know, three-hour show. Uh, you know, <laughs> I want to start with two hours. So, the yeah, I, I the NXT one is just profoundly depressing to me as it was, there was a period there where like, you know, it it was the only WWE that was really entertaining and it, it did a great job of blending what's so entertaining about WWE at its best and what's so entertaining about the smaller independent companies. Isn't and, it frustrating too, that, you know, SmackDown got good after Fox obviously took over and put all that money into it. And I think it kind of shows that it's effort and that's, what's you know frustrating from like a creative side is that, I think that WWE is, you know, concentrating on making SmackDown good because they caught a lot of crap. I'm sure the Fox executives weren't happy with the ratings, you know, early into that contract. Uh, and kind of makes me wonder, like, if they put that effort into all shows, would, you know, all three be good? Um, it's a good question. I don't necessarily know. Uh, I mean, obviously, I have a hard time believing – it, some of it I, I feel like is that there's less I mean it's, this is the marky answers to say that there's less Vince involvement but it just there is some feeling of and some of it is is that I think that if if rains weren't so hot we would still be complaining I think that that's so it, 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 they just need something to get hot on raw uh, but I, I agree with you about the three hours I, I think that the NXT thing is, yeah, is profoundly depressing. Um, but I think that it is. It's that Vince has this idea, and not wrongly. I mean, Vince has made a, you know billions of dollars. I'm I I'm never drawn a dime in the wrestling business. Full disclosure. <laughs> um, and, and so it's easy to criticize Vince, but I I just think not having so much micromanagement of the wrestling company would be good. That's all. Well, we've made it through an episode. Uh, do you got anything you want to plug for? We got here. Uh, the uh, my Twitter account s how six ten h o u g h. Um, want to plug uh, the five dollar uh, all star package for IBN. Uh, I love, you know, it's five dollars. Uh, you get to post whatever you want. Well, I mean, within reason, you get to post that moderator. Pretty much, people. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, you get the gambling picks. It's it's it pays for itself very quickly. Um, so I I would definitely recommend that. That's my plug. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and plug my Twitter as well. It's Keith Fleming, all spelled out. That's K E I T H F L E M M I N G. The team tum team the team turnbuckle Twitter page as well. It is spelled out team turnbuckle, all one word. We also have a Facebook group that is also known as Team Turnbuckle. We'd appreciate if you guys followed all that. Be sure to subscribe to the IB Sports podcast feed. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor. And, uh, you know, we missed Ron L this week. He'll be back next week. Full disclosure, we'll be doing our Survivor Series preview the over-under is set at six times that Sam's going to be pissed off about the format for the Survivor Series this year because it's brand supremacy. Uh, so uh, take the over if that if that bet is out there. But for Keith Fleming, Chief Keith Fleming, and Sam the Shooter Howe, uh, missing the ravishing Ron L. Tinsley, this has been another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast, and we will see you guys soon. Take care.